This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Well, good afternoon in this hour of mercy. We have a special episode of WSFI Spotlight this afternoon. It's very fitting that we would be following the chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel because of our next guest. His name, um, a name that you'll probably be hearing a lot about, is Joseph Riggi. Joseph Riggi was born and raised in Idaho, attending Catholic school for his K through 12 education. He then attended Boise State University, starting an organization which you're gonna hear a lot about. It's called Our Warpath, the first year of his college life. In college, he had many run-ins with professors over his religious beliefs, even being yelled at in the classroom multiple times. That did not stop him from speaking his Catholic beliefs, a sort of courage only brought on by grace, his Catholic education, and being committed to the mission of our warpath, a mission which encourages Catholics, all Catholics, to dare to be Catholic in all facets of life. He is currently the president of Our Warpath. So welcome, Joe, to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Angela. It's a privilege to have you on. It was when I spoke to you not so long ago, maybe a month ago, about your little venture that you have next week. I was so happy because you gave me a strong sense of hope that the Holy Spirit and the one true church is alive and well and I want to just applaud you for your efforts. So before we get started, Joseph, tell us about our Warpath. What is it? Yeah, so our Warpath uh, essentially is a Catholic nonprofit organization whose mission is to forge an army of elite and uncompromising Catholics. Uh, and so we give Catholics, all Catholics, especially the Catholic youth, but we give them a lot of resources that are basically the foundation to build, well, the foundation on which saints are built. And so we're giving Catholics daily meditations, spiritual readings, giving them sacrifices to do on the daily. We're also asking people to send in special intentions, so we are able to pray for them, and also um, it's posted on the website, so Catholics looking at the website or on our social media pages are able to pray for those intentions. We have a podcast, we have articles, so we have so much on our website, and again, we're giving Catholics the resources they need to build on that foundation, uh, but most importantly, and like I kind of mentioned in that mission statement, we're trying to forge an army of elite and uncompromising Catholics, and many people may find that language a bit extreme uh, or even an uninviting. However, if we take a step back, what does it mean to really be an elite Catholic? And I think for starters, to be Catholic is, in a sense, ordinary. Of course, anyone can be Catholic, and there are millions of Catholics out there around the world um, who are, of course, baptized. However, they fail to do their duty of state and abide by the teachings of the Catholic Church. And you have, for instance, our Catholic politicians, who many of them don't act Catholic and promote things that are antithetical to the Catholic faith. Uh, so again, to be Catholic is, in a sense, ordinary, because anyone can have that baptism. But to be an elite Catholic is to be a force of nature against the world, against principalities and powers. It is to be a Catholic who actively strives for sainthood, and that's what we're trying to do with our warpath. And so we are trying to push people in every facet of their lives, physically, by giving them, you know, physical challenges. You know, like we do running challenges, we do plank challenges, we do things that are going to push people 
to their physical limits to forge that will to fight on a physical level. We push people on a mental level by having them do their, you know, reading, even when they don't want to read, when they want to go and scroll through their phone, no, sit down for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and read. And we also push people spiritually by having them, you know, try to get to daily mass, go to confession weekly if you can, or monthly if you can, uh, and um, meditate daily as well. So what we're really trying to do is forge that will to fight, because as we see in our society, our society is flooding people with that sense of just do what you want to do. Just do what makes you feel good. And as Catholics, we are supposed to be the total opposite. We don't do what we want to do. We do what we need to do until we want to do it. And so we're pushing people to do the will of God and essentially become saints. And we do that through content um, and really just pushing people, holding people accountable uh, until we kind of have that group who uh, isn't afraid to stand up for their beliefs, isn't afraid to dare to be Catholic in a world that hates Catholics and wants nothing to do with Catholics. Yeah. You know, your, your faith and your conviction are just incredibly inspiring. I have to ask you. you a question. How did that happen? How did you become who you are? Well, I think, I mean, part of it, of course, I owe to just the way I was brought up with my parents. I was born and raised Catholic, of course. Um, and I had, you know, again, my, my parents and just my friends and family. But also at the same time, you know, I went to a Catholic boarding school, which basically kind of forged me into the kind of person I am today. And so I owe everything to that education that I received, a very good Catholic education that I received. And I think for some reason we lost our connection with Joseph. Hang on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. What we'll do is we'll go back to regularly scheduled programming, and then we'll see if we can get him back. But before we do that, I want to let you know that Joseph and his uh, organization, which is uh, Warpath, have an event that's coming up next week, and WSFI Catholic Radio will be there. It's an event called the March for Catholics. It's the March for Catholics. It is going to be on the 29th and 30th next week. And they chose Peoria, Illinois, because we will all be marching from the Hotel Pierre uh, Marquette in Peoria to the tomb of the late, great Fulton J. Sheen, who is a hero of theirs. So um, if you want to go online, March for Catholics, there's, uh, there's no charge for it. They have a tremendous lineup of speakers. They have, first of all, Doug Barry from the U.S. Grace Force will be there. Archbishop Vigano will be calling in. Uh, LifeSite News, John Henry Weston will be there. Father Altman, of course, will be there. So they have a great lineup of diehard Catholics that will be there at this first annual March for Catholics. So what I'll do is we'll go back to regularly scheduled programming, and then if we can reconnect on the line, we'll come back. Okay, so stay tuned. So we're back. That sounds, for those of you who are listening to um, the guest on Al Cresto, that doesn't sound too promising, Joseph. We're back. I apologize for us, whatever that technical problem is that we're having between the two of us but no you're worries. back here Joseph right yes yeah back. and you know they were just talking about what's going on in Germany with the synodal way if I'm pronouncing it correctly 
and mm-hmm. the future of the Catholic Church. And one of the things we were going to ask you is why our warpath was needed. So that's kind of a perfect lead-in. Yeah, I think what we're what we're seeing right now in our society is a sort of collapse in our society. I mean, it seems that our society is crumbling. It also seems that, in a sense, the Catholic Church is crumbling. Of course, the Catholic Church, you know, it's always going to be there. Um, you know, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Um, however, we have many Catholic clergy who are refusing to stand up for the faith. We have many Catholic organizations who are refusing to stand up for the Catholic faith and being cowardly, uh, whether they're selling out for money or they're selling out uh, because of the social pressure with political correctness. But we're seeing that clearly, and it definitely came to light during the time of COVID when everything was getting shut down and Catholics weren't able to receive the sacraments or go to Mass. And so what we need today, and I I think throughout the centuries, God has called Catholics. And there was a time when he was calling the Catholic clergy to stand up. Um, And, you know, it was the Catholic Church that led led society out of the Dark Ages. Um, And I think, I really do think in our time, in 2022, God is calling the church militant to finally take a stand um, and hold the clergy accountable, uh, the clergy that aren't standing up, and also hold themselves accountable. And so what our warpath is trying to do is we're trying to essentially build this organization or essentially this group who is subscribed to a certain way of life, a very militant way of life, and a group that is not afraid to stand up and defend the faith, even if they're going to get canceled, even if their job is going to get taken away, their house is going to get taken away, whatever it may be, we want to build that sort of Catholic army who isn't afraid. And I think God's calling us to do that. And that's why our warpath is essentially here, to build that strong army of Catholics in soul, body, and mind, so that when the time comes, and again, throughout the centuries, persecution and martyrdom takes many different forms, whether it's a bloody martyrdom or a non-bloody martyrdom. But in 2022, we are seeing a certain type of persecution uh, towards Catholics. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their status. Uh, and many Catholic churches are, are even being closed down. And so we need to be ready. When the time comes, when the real battle comes, uh, we need to be ready to fight it and even die if need be, whether that's a, you know, a death uh, doing our daily duty every day, you know, forcing ourselves and pushing ourselves to do our daily duty every day, even when we don't want to. Or it comes a time when, you know, like in China, people are being thrown, Catholics are being thrown in prison in concentration camps in China. Who's to say that doesn't happen in the United States of America? We really don't know, but we need to be pre- be prepared at all times, and that's what we want to try to get that point across to Catholics. No matter what happens, your soul's the most important thing, and you need to be prepared for when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Tell us, Joseph, about your event next week. Yeah, so next week we have the first ever national march for catholics and uh you know going back to you know just about our war path we've been giving people these resources to basically take a stand in their own personal lives to grow spiritually in their personal lives and that's great and that's what we need to do because first it starts with the individual but as you grow, you need to go beyond the personal, and it needs to become public. And so what the March for Catholics is hoping to do is we want to unite Catholics throughout the country 
to to come together to profess their faith in a public manner to let the world know, hey, we are still here. We're not going to back down. We aren't crazy liberals. We aren't crazy people. All we want to do is practice our faith, um, and we want the clergy to do one simple thing as well. Do your duty of state. That's all we want you to do. We aren't forcing you to do anything. We just want you to do your duty of state as you were ordained to do. Um, but essentially, the March for Catholics is a movement in order to further the faith. And um, in uniting Catholics, we can have an immense impact on the Catholic Church and the world. Take, for instance, the March for Life. The March for Life isn't even essentially a Catholic movement. It's not a Catholic movement. It's a, it's a pro-life movement with many secular religions. However, look at the extraordinary impact they've been able to have. Roe was overturned. They've been able to have an impact on legislature. They've been able to have an impact on the lives of many mothers and many families. So if they're able to do that and they aren't, many of them aren't even Catholic, imagine what a movement that's foundation is Catholic is able to do, a, a march for Catholics. Imagine the impact we can have if we unite and publicly profess our faith and um, let people know that we are here. We're not going anywhere. We aren't afraid to stand up for our faith. So our hope is to bring Catholics together and to grow it to a point where we can have a huge annual march, but we can also have other people leave and go back to their Catholic church, whether it's in a small town or a big city, and do their own marches, do their own rosary processions, because that's exactly what's needed. We need more rosary processions. We need more people praying, more Catholics standing up for their faith, even when everyone's going to hate them. And I think it comes to mind, Christ said, you know, remember that they hated me first. And so kind of the way I look at things, if people aren't hating you for being Catholic, you probably aren't being the best of Catholics, best of Catholics. So um, the March for Catholics is really just hoping to unite Catholics and publicly profess the faith um, and let people know we're still here. So walk us through the program next week and the speakers and tell us a little bit as you go through each one how you chose that person and why you chose that person. Yeah, so the March for Catholics, we got a lot of things, you know, we're going to have First, we're going to have a, a expo, so a Catholic expo, which we're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of booths of Catholic businesses. And what we, we want to do essentially with that over the years as we grow is to expose Catholics to these Catholic businesses and to essentially give them an alternative to mainstream products. Uh, for instance, you know, we shouldn't be supporting places like Starbucks who are pouring their money into um, pro-choice movements. We're pouring their money into pro-homosexual movements. So we, need, we can't be supporting businesses like that as a Catholics. And so what we want to essentially do is give Catholics alternatives to those. So bring in Catholic coffee businesses or Catholic brewing companies or whatever it may be, even just Catholic websites and um, pro-life organizations to give Catholics those alternatives. Uh, and so, you know, they might be more expensive, but at the end of the day, they're going to a Catholic cause, they're helping Catholic families and Catholic movements. So that's what we need to do, uh, give Catholics alternatives to mainstream products. Uh, also at the March for Catholics, we're going to have a few conferences, um, a conference from John Henry Weston of LifeSite News and Matt Gaspers for Catholic Family News, and we'll also have many speakers, uh, Archbishop Megano, who will be speaking virtually. Um, Father Altman, Doug Barry. So we got some great speakers, and it was really important for us when choosing, okay, who do we want to speak at this march, especially at this first march? 
but what I've noticed in the last few years, especially as social media is getting bigger and bigger and really is so involved in everyone's lives, you have these Catholic, not Catholic movements, but you have these conservative organizations, even Catholic organizations who put on events and they bring in speakers who maybe they're Catholic, maybe they're conservative, but they also believe in certain things that kind of go against what they believe in, um, if that makes sense. And so what we want to do with choosing certain speakers for the March for Catholics is we wanted speakers who were aligned with what our warpath is doing. And so we chose each of these speakers for the reason that they are taking a stand for their faith. They aren't afraid to take a stand for their faith and defend it. And these speakers also refuse to compromise. And, you know, Father Altman's been canceled. Um, you know, people hate life site news. People don't like Catholic family news solely because they're pushing the Catholic faith, the true, true Catholic faith. Um, and so people don't like these people or organizations. And that's the very reason why we wanted them to speak. We wanted these speakers to be at our march because they are taking a stand for the faith. They don't care what the world thinks of them. They're going to they're going to profess their faith in a public manner. They're going to defend it. They're going to live their faith, and it, it doesn't matter to them who loves them and who hates them. So we wanted speakers to be aligned with kind of the mission of our warpath, dare to be Catholic, and these speakers are doing that. So how did you choose Peoria? So Peoria, Illinois, originally I was thinking, you know what? Why don't we do it in the belly of the beast, Chicago, where <laughs> everything is just falling apart? <laughs> Let's do it in Chicago. And so I really, I, I did really want to do it in Chicago originally. Um, at the time, though, when I was thinking of getting the ideas for the March for Catholics together and putting different um, locations together, it was COVID kind of was just starting, basically, or I guess in the middle of COVID, maybe. And so these cities were still really strict with COVID guidelines and things like that. Um, and so we were thinking Chicago might not be very friendly. If COVID is still going on, Chicago is probably not going to be very friendly to what we're doing. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of red tape. And so I was looking at other locations and I really couldn't find anywhere, to be honest. And, um, you know, I randomly got in touch with a, a man, his name is J.D. Um, Joel D'Alfonso, and he, he lives in Peoria, Illinois, Catholic, great guy, and he got in contact with me and said, you know, our warpath has done so much to help, and um, anyways, I got in contact with him, and I got to speak with him, and I was even in Peoria. I visited Peoria, and we spoke, and the March for Catholics, he didn't even know, he didn't even know about the March for Catholics, because we hadn't even announced it. We started talking about it, and um, you know, it came to light that, you know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, you know, his, his, his tomb is there, his body is there, and also the, Arch the, the Fulton Sheen Museum is there as well, and I mean, I, I, Fulton Sheen has some great books and just some great thoughts, and he's brought many souls to the Catholic faith, um, and so I kind of thought, okay, this is providential to have the March for Catholics in Peoria, Illinois. Not only is it, you know, a central location for Catholics to gather, um, but also, you know, Fulton Sheen's here, and it's a great city as well. So we decided to do it in Peoria, Illinois. It just seemed very providential. Um, and also Chicago, like I said, Chicago's the belly of the beast, and we weren't sure how things were going to go down there. Um, but again, Fulton Sheen, um, the museum is there, which people can go and look at the museum. It's an incredible museum. And also his, his body is there as well, which people are also able to visit. 
um, during those open hours as well. So uh, that's kind of how we came to the Peoria, Illinois decision. Well, we're so excited because we got our license after fighting for I don't know how many years, the National Public Radio affiliate, when we received the um, award from the FCC, kept challenging us. So they kept mm-hmm. us off yeah. the year for year after year after year. But the day that we got the award, the construction permit was on the feast of Fulton Sheen. So we've always wow. considered Fulton Sheen as being our our patron. What a great evangelist. She died on December 9th, which was also the same day as Juan Diego. So we have two great evangelists, Hispanic and, and Fulton Sheen, as, our, uh, as the people that we turn to. And so when you told me or when I read about your march and I said, oh, my goodness, I've always wanted to go there. It was like the perfect storm for us as well. So we'll, we'll be there and um, hopefully we'll be able to broadcast and interview some of the people that are at the March for Catholic and find out why they're there. What do they think about what's going on in the faith and what we need to do about it? So we're just so happy to be a part of your March for Catholics. And we hope that this is the bit. We hope that you're marching in every state of the country, every place in the world, marching for the Catholic faith the way our, our forefathers did. It's going to be a great event. And we're hoping, again, we're hoping to build it. Um, I, I think the main location is always going to be Peoria, Illinois. So you'll do it there um, every year? I think I think we're that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Great. I really do like Peoria. Um, you know, I like having Fulton Sheen there as well. Um, and at the same time, like you said, we're hoping to grow this throughout the country. You know, we're hoping to have grow these marches on a bigger scale, bring to other cities, bring to other Catholic towns, because there are many Catholics who are, you know, looking for someone to lead them. And I think the March for Catholics is that movement to do so. You know, if you go on the internet and you search marches throughout the United States of America you probably will not find any Catholic march besides the March for Catholics. So it's something that Catholics need. Um, you know, we're living in a time where everything's so polarized, but at the same time, people are pushing the Catholic Church aside. Um, you know, and you know the Catholic Church is the true church. The sole reason is when Roe was overturned, there were only one kind of churches being vandalized and burned down or whatever it was. That was Catholic churches. So the, the devil really does hate the Catholic Church. He really does hate Christ, and he's coming after us. And, uh, you know, life is warfare. Life is a battle, and the spiritual life is definitely a warfare. And Satan's coming after us, basically. He's coming after every Catholic. And so we need to fight against those those principality and powers and the people that are fighting against us in this real world. You know, Catholics before us. And people would even mention to us, well, you need to be prudent. And listen, Catholics before us when they were brought to that axe before their head was chopped off, did they think, you know what, I'm not going to stand up for my faith because I do have Catholic, I have a Catholic family. I have, have, you know, you know, uh, daughters and and daughters and sons and a wife, you know, so I'm just going to deny my faith. No, not at all. They, they sacrificed their life. And so we're being asked, and again, martyrdom comes in different forms. We need to stand up for our faith. We may lose our job. We may lose family or friends, but, what's most important is our faith in the defense of God. And at the end of the day, if we're ready, God will reward us either in this world or the next. Yeah, and that's actually true. That's uh, when you say you need to be prudent. Prudent forms the other virtues. Prudent doesn't mean yep. hesitant. That's not what it means. Mm-hmm. So yep. prudent, you know, you look at life through that prudence, but that supernatural virtue, for example, in your case, you're saying looking at it through the eyes of God it's very prudent to do it because the goal, the whole, whole reason we're on this earth is to go to heaven. So which one's exactly. going to get you to heaven? For, you know, God told us, Jesus told us that he's the only God. You know, and with modernism, 
that you see everywhere modernism teaching us that Jesus isn't the only way to, uh, he isn't the only God. No, he didn't really resurrect from the dead. I mean, all of these things that, that scripture wasn't the inspired work of God. So, you know, the fact that you're coming back and saying, hey, wait a minute, Catholic faith is the true faith and, and drawing people to it. I think if people really understood what the faith taught, everyone would be Catholic. That's what, um, you know, what quote comes to mind right away is uh, something that Fulton Sheen said. And he says, and I'm just going to paraphrase because I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but he says, no one hates the, every, people dislike the church basically for what they perceive the Catholic church to be. No one hates the Catholic church for what they know it is. So people don't understand, many Catholics don't even understand their own faith, but also many people don't understand the faith at all. And so they hate the church or they don't do their duty, whatever it is, because they perceive it to be in, in their own light. They don't look at it through the lens of faith, unfortunately. But if people truly understood the faith, like you just said, they'd be Catholic. Right. And um, so that's what we're hoping. We're hoping to bring, of course, Catholic souls back to Christ, because there's a lot of Catholics who've left the faith, and there's a lot of Catholics who are mediocrely living their faith. And so we're hoping to bring those souls closer to God, and we're also hoping to convert souls. Right. Um, and and the at fact- the end of the day, it's that it, it comes down to um, our intentions and the way we pray. Um, and the only way to fix what's going on in our society within the Catholic Church is to make saints. And, um, and that's to be Again, we need to be extraordinary in a time where we're only asked to be ordinary. And um, to be extraordinary doesn't mean to do crazy and great works and actions. No, 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 no. To be an extraordinary Catholic is to do your duty to the best of your abilities, no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how much suffering comes. That's what it is to be an extraordinary Catholic because actions, um, great actions can be even little and small things because greatness has nothing to do with the the size of an action it has to do with the 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 intention and the will that is put into that action and so we need to be extraordinary and that's simply doing our daily duty every day that is so beautiful if you're just tuning in we have joseph riggy on the phone joseph is have you finished college yet or are you in your last year of college joseph I'm in my, you know, I'm in my last semester of college. It um, just blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so doing full-time classes, um, but also trying to get this march off the ground and get this twerk to people so that they can, you know, on September 29th and 30th, come together. We can really profess our faith, um, march, pray the rosary, listen to some great speakers, um, but also just encourage Catholics to stand up for their faith. You had three different slogans in your store. One said, dare to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other ones? Dare to be Catholic. Yeah. We have no excuses. Uh, we also have death rather than sin. That's the one I uh, have. We also, <laughs> yeah, death rather than sin. I we do. also have God first as well. Yeah. Um, so we have a different, we have a different things, but, um, and we, we really are, and I try to do our, my best with, when it comes to whether we're doing merchandise and or whether we're getting speakers to participate in the march and speak at the march, we want to whether it's selling things or having people there. We want those people or those things to be 100% aligned with our mission. And if they aren't aligned with our mission, um, then frankly, we don't really want much to do with them. Not in the sense that you need to buy by everything our WordPress does, but 
we want you to abide by what the Catholic Church teaches. So, so our slogan, Dare to be Catholic, whether it's Dare to be Catholic, God first, or death rather than sin, while these are very aligned with what our war path plays in our mission statement, these are this is what the Catholic Church teaches, to stand up for your faith, um, you know, refuse temptation, uh, refuse to give in to temptation, and put God first in all that we do. Now I'll have to wear them out in public in Grace Lake, Illinois, and see what happens. <laughs> Especially <laughs> now that's t- where it becomes, <laughs> you know, we kind of, I kind of like to tell people when they buy the Dare to be Catholic hoodie or sure, any of our merchandise, you know, it's, it's comfortable to wear while at the same time very uncomfortable to wear because when you wear stuff like this, even on college campuses, you get very weird looks. People don't like it at all. People don't like it at all, and they'll say things to you. Um, but it's what you have to do because at the end of the day, liberals and people that hate the Catholic Church, they are professing what they believe in every day. They're doing it on social media. They're doing it on the news and media and the entertainment. They don't care what people think. They're pushing their agenda. And so Catholics need to kind of take note of that. And we need to do the exact same thing. We need to, you know, wear our Catholic merchandise. We need to use our social media to further the faith. We need to do everything we can to further our faith. And so um, even if it's just wearing hoodies that say dare to be Catholic, that actually makes an impact on people. I've had multiple people even on airplanes. I had one lady on an airplane who came to me and said, oh, I love that hoodie. And I said, oh, are, are you Catholic? And she's like, oh, no, I used to be Catholic. I don't practice anymore. And I said, well, there's no such thing as I used to be Catholic. You've fallen away from your faith, but you are still Catholic. There's an indelible mark on your soul, and you're still Catholic. And, you know, I offered her to send her a hoodie, which – she said she'll think about, um, but I'm hoping maybe she bought one and <laughs> maybe she came back to the faith. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're still Catholic and you got to wear it. Right, because Joseph, you know what? The reason you were on the plane with that woman is because God was sending you to her. She, you know, God sent yes. you there at that moment and that conversation with that shirt just as a way for him to tap her on the shoulder and say he loves her and he wants her back. Exactly. Everything is so, and that's something that we need to, that's something that a lot of Catholics don't understand. You know, they, they might get down about what's going on in their life. Um, and there's, there's, you know, God doesn't, God doesn't ask us. He doesn't say you can't be sorrowful. There are definitely times where we need to be sorrowful or something happens in our life. Um, but most importantly, he asks us to share that with him. And, you know, everything that happens in our life, that's providence. And we need to look at it through, we need to look at circumstances through the lens of the faith. And so, um, you know, that's kind of something that I had to learn just, you know, whether it's through the troubles of life or going through my Catholic education is you're at this moment for a reason and it's building up to a certain moment that we have no idea because we don't know what God has in store for us. Right. Um, but every moment is bringing us somewhere and we kind of just have to follow that path and see where it leads us. And if we're doing, you know, and we try to tell people, you know, on our social media platforms and even on our website, but if you're doing your duty 100% to the best of your abilities, there is no reason at all to worry about what you're doing in life um, because God is guiding you. And, you know, Padre Pio, pray, hope, and don't worry. That's literally what you need to do. You do your duty to the best of your ability, and there's no reason to worry um, because everything, providence is acting in your life. Joseph, the other people that are in your organization, we only have about two minutes, but just give us a snapshot of their ages and their skills. Yeah, so we have um, kind of my right-hand man, Joseph Mackey. Um, you know, he's got his own business now. 
um, and he helps out with our war path and he's married. He just had a kid. Um, but you know, he does woodwork and things like that, but a very smart guy. And he helps out with articles and podcasts and kind of just decisions that our war path needs to make. And then a lot of our writers are in their twenties, uh, mostly, and they're helping out and they're really, they really want to be involved with our war path. And, um, you know, whether their specialty is writing meditations or articles, uh, we invite, you know, honestly, any Catholic who wants to get more involved with their faith to reach out to us. And we're more than happy to bring them on the staff, bring them on the team, and um, kind of see how they want to contribute to the Catholic faith. Well, I love those meditations. I get meditations, tons of them, that come across my emails every day. But I've been reading yours. Um, I read Divine Mercy first and yours second in that order. So thank you so much, nice, Joseph. Nice. That's all the time that we have. But I will see you next week. I hope everyone who's listening to this show shows up in Peoria, the March for Catholics. Tell us one more time. Where is it and what times? The March for Catholics is going to be in Peoria, Illinois on September 29th, the Feast of St. Michael, and September 30th. Um, so that's coming up shortly in about a week. Um, so be there. And it's Bring free. Bring as many Catholics as you can. And, and it's, it's no it, charge. It's a completely free event. Okay. Come participate. Okay. We're going to come to a hard break right now. It was a privilege talking to you, Joseph, and can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Angela. This has been WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org. Bias 